one of those elements being golf. And uh, always eager to hear about how how uh, that is viewed. We'll be speaking to uh, Bruce Young, former professional caddy uh, and golf commentator. Always a joy uh, to hear him speak on the world of golf. As far as what he has to say, uh, we welcome him first of all. Uh, Bruce, Merry Christmas, mate. I hope you're uh, travelling well, staying safe and not being destroyed in Christmas shopping. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid that. I'm actually on the Sunshine Coast of Queensland at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's a nice place to be and uh, looking forward to the next couple of weeks um, here, that's for sure. Mate, I will be there uh, just on the other side of New Year's. Looking forward to it myself. Uh, cannot wait. Good Great for you. Part of the world. Great part of the world. I mean, it's no, it's it's not Aotearoa, but uh, but if you're going to go somewhere in Australia, Sunshine <laughs> Coast goes good, definitely goes good. Now let's talk about going good, and I wanted to start off. Uh, there's a lot of New Zealand golfers that deserve a spotlight, but Ryan Fox, what he has been achieving in 2023, and I don't want to say quietly because it's starting to get the attention it deserves. I don't think many people ever doubted that he had ability, but the consistency he's showing to lift himself up to the stage of the rankings that he is, to be in a position to compete regularly at majors uh, and to be a, just one of the top names now in the world of golf has been just phenomenal to watch this year. Well, I think you're right. I think consistency is a very good point you made because I think he's only missed three cuts all year and about 25 starts or, or thereabouts. So uh, it is. he's developed that consistency. He's now been exposed to playing in the United States and he's got his PGA Tour card through the DP World Tour card. It's not a card that... It's a good card, but it, he's still going to have to... Um, uh, he can't just pick and choose his tournaments. He's going to have to go where he can get starts initially and see how things develop from there. But I think, you know, a couple of good finishes on the PGA Tour this season. He did well at the Masters. He did well at the Players. Um, I mean, it gives you a strong impression that he's going to perform well when he eventually plays more regularly in the United States. And after that, another good season in Europe this year, winning the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth, which is essentially their flagship tournament, and then finishing second at the Alfred Dunhill, which he'd won the previous year. I think he was third in Ireland as well. He eventually finished sixth on the on the DP World Tour Order of Merit, which is which, given the fact that they give the, lead, the leading 10 players PGA Tour cards, He's got uh, the sixth card, and as I said, ideally it would be nice if he had been one or two places higher because he could have been more selective about where he needs to play early in the season in the States. But it's been another phenomenal year for him. He's 28th in the world ranking. He's um, really just coming on strong over the last two or three years, and as you suggested, that consistency has really been the hallmark of it. Now... One gentleman who, uh, again, we've, we've known about him for years. Uh, sports fans and golf lovers have, have admired him. Uh, and he had what you would call a solid career uh, as a pro. But Stephen Elker, kicking in uh, in the, as we used to call it, the, the seniors, he has been nothing short of outstanding. It's just so great to see him achieving these results uh, and, this, and, the, and, the, and the windfalls that come with it financially as well at this stage of his career. Well, it's been phenomenal, really, when you consider that it was, what, two and a half years ago that he, he turned up at the first event that he played on the PGA Tour Champions to try and get a start. He had to qualify to get a start at the Boeing Classic in Seattle. Uh, I think it was in August of 2021, and really he's been a phenomenal performer since then. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's quite, been quite amazing that, to see 
the elevation in his game. And now he becomes a, a world-class player amongst the over-50s players. And so consistent is he that every time he seems to tee it up, he makes a massive check. And once again this year, he's been, I think he finished second on the money list. Um, he's really um, become the most, probably one of the most talked about players along with Bernard Langer and Padraig Harrington as far as the PGA Tour champions are concerned. And, uh, you know, he took time out this year, this year, earlier this year, to come and play the New Zealand Open, which he didn't need to do, but he felt an obligation to do it. And uh, there's a possibility maybe that he might even come back and play this year as well, this this coming year as well. So he's a, he's a, he's a loyal customer. He's a, he's a committed golfer, and he's a very, very successful golfer now, both, both in terms of uh, the amount of wins uh, and the amount of high finishes that he have, but also, as you said, the amount of money that he's making now on the PGA Tour champions. Speaking with Bruce Young, uh, and uh, speaking and using the word champion too, a word long associated with Lydia Ko, how would you describe her 2023? And I, I want to put it into the context of, uh, of women's golf rather than just the expectations that New Zealand has on her to achieve. It's been interesting because it's been it's been a year bookended with a couple of wins. She she ended last year as I think she was the world number one when she won that CME Tour Championship at the end of 2022. Then she went to Saudi Arabia, interestingly enough, and won a tournament there at the start of the year. But in between that and her win with Jason Day in that teams event uh, a couple two or three weeks ago, um, there's been a lot of very indifferent stuff. She slipped to a number 11 in the world after starting the year at number one. But just looking at the way she uh, approached that team's event with Jason Day, you got the feeling that she was reinvigorated with her golf. She seemed to be enjoying that experience a hell of a lot. And you did wonder during the course of the year that maybe Lydia Coe's needs and requirements were changing a little bit. She's married now. And you were wondering whether she had the same incentive and desire to compete at the same level that she had previously. But I got the feeling coming out of that tournament that she won with Jason Day, that maybe the, some of the um, maybe the desire is creeping back into her game a little bit, and you know, let's hope that she's able to kick on again and and rebound and come back with a good solid year in 2024. Because the middle of the year was pretty ordinary for Lydia, but we know at her best she's as good as anybody. We're hearing supporters of golf and fans of uh, those knowledgeable in the sport referring to what we're seeing now as a golden era for New Zealand golf. What's your view? Where, where do you think we're not, we don't have uh, Sir Bob Charles or Michael Campbell even to the extent Lydia Coe and her most uh, successful peaks leading the charge and winning the majors. But in general, we seem to have a, a batch of golfers playing on the world stage who are, are more than capable of, of creating headlines any given day. Well, I think you've only got to look at the likes of Daniel Hillier, who won on in his rookie season on the DP World Tour, and he won not only just another tournament, it was the British Masters, which is a fairly significant event on that tour. So he's done incredibly well after a very good amateur career and then going to the Challenge Tour and playing his way onto the, the regular tour, the DP World Tour. He's had a great start to his career on that tour, and I think um, the future looks very promising for Daniel Hillier. Ben Campbell won in Hong Kong. Yeah. That was, And he finished ended up finishing fourth or fifth on the Asian Tour Order of Merit. I think he made, made close to $700,000 US on that tour. So he's going great. Um, Kerry Mountcastle won a lesser event in Australia just a few weeks ago. The guy from 
the wire wrapper. Um, just fairly new to professional golf, but um, a, a good win for him there and a, a very encouraging win for him. Um, but I think perhaps in many ways the the greatest year by a New Zealander, and I know we need to get this in perspective because we talked about Steve Elker and Ryan Fox and the money they've won, but Kazuma Kabori, the, um, the young amateur with twists, I think he's in his early 20s now, but uh, from the Christchurch area, he's had probably one of the greatest amateur years by any New Zealand amateur. When you consider that at the start of the year, he won the Australian Amateur Championship. He went to the, Then he got his card for the Australian PGA Tour, the Australasian Tour, but he didn't turn professional until late in the year, until after the Asia-Pacific Amateur Championship, because he wanted to reign main amateur, because if he was able to win that, he would get starts at the Masters and the uh, the Open, but that wasn't to be. But he not only did he win the Australian Amateur, but he won the Western Amateur, and he also won the... Uh, le- he was the leading individual at the Eisenhower. And when you look back over the years, it's hard to imagine another New Zealand amateur golfer who's had such a stellar career as Kazuma Kabori this year. Certainly yeah, looking forward to seeing the development. As you mentioned, just 22 uh, from the Rangiora Club, and, and wonderful to see those achievements happen uh, on the international uh, landscape. Uh, I, I kind of expected this to be the year that uh, everything died down, right, between PGA uh, and Live Golf. But if anything, the uh, the, the sign of John Rahm shows there's more shots to be fired, and and this nasty civil war that looked like everybody was making nice it does, doesn't appear anywhere near finished. Well, just quickly before we leave the New Zealanders, I mean, I, I think the feel-good story of the year was undoubtedly that of Mike Henry to yes, have come back from point. a leukemia diagnosis in May or whenever, April, May or whenever it was and for him to come back and win a tournament on the Charles Tour and come to Australia and play well in a couple of events here, to me I really felt that that was the feel good story and and um, you know, equally as important in many ways as some of the other performances that we've talked about but just getting back to the live thing, I don't think we're any the wiser, it's supposedly meant to have some sort of solution by the end of December we're getting very close to the end of December now, and I can't see any solution coming. There's no doubt about it that the John Rahm defection from the PGA Tour moved the needle, and it's going to change a lot of things, you would think. But I don't know whether we're any closer to a solution to all of this, uh, the waters that have been muddied now than we were in, on June the 6th when it was suggested that there was going to be some sort of a a merger, if you're right, if that's the right word, between the PGA Tour and Lift Golf. So I don't know where it's all going. I don't think anybody other than those in the absolute closest circle to it have any real idea. Everybody's been proven wrong plenty of times over the last few months. And uh, I think we're going to have to wait and see how this all unfolds. Bruce, the thing for me is I know this becomes, you know, the the, the, the battles have been on, the name-calling, the, the reputational damage, uh, people standing by their word and otherwise, and John Rahm definitely walking back his original decisions. But if someone offers you more money, and that more money, by the way, being a billion dollars New Zealand over, what, 10 years, uh, more money to play less golf and have more guaranteed money and more time with your family, I, I know sports washing is a serious thing, and it's, people need it, it, you know, there are ethics involved in what this is, but geez, it's it would take one strong individual to turn that down. I, I don't blame anyone that takes this uh, life-altering generational support setup for uh, your families in the future. Yeah, look, I, I take your point. Um, and, and uh, you know, I mean, I get a bit sick of this 
hearing these guys that have defected to live saying they're going to grow, they want to grow the game and everything. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's there's, there's their motivation. I'd much be, I'd much be much happier if John Rahm came out and said, "I did it for the money." That's fine. Um, and 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 yeah, look, there's nothing wrong with doing it for the money. That's fine. But you've got to take the consequences. You know that what what's possibly at stake if you do don't go down that road. So uh, he can't be upset further down the track that, you know, the PGA Tour or the world rankings aren't including him anymore. I mean, it may well be that it does eventually. Maybe the pressure of all this will eventually see the world ranking and the, and the PGA Tour come to some sort of solution. But um, I just get a bit sick of uh, hearing about, I want to spend more time with the family, I want to grow the game, because I don't think that's the motivation, really. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Bruce, it's been wonderful uh, to have you on the show through the course of the year and great to get you uh, to, on to make sure we give these uh, golfers the recognition they uh, deserve after what has been a, a wonderful, wonderful year. In fact, one said golfer, uh, Ryan Fox, is in the running for the inaugural Staffies we're giving out later on for the favourite sports person <laughs> of the year. So uh, definitely stay in touch uh, and uh, listening to that one, see if uh, we get a golfer into uh, the top spot there. But really appreciate your time, Bruce Young. Uh, have a great uh, summer over there. Look out for all the uh, hundreds of, of things that can kill you in Australia that we don't have here. Uh, and uh, look forward to hearing more from you in 2024. Oh, we'll be kind to you if you come over here to the Sunshine Coast. Nothing will kill you. Yeah, Cheers, enjoyed it. Bye. Sounds good. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. And, uh, and I'm, not, I'm I'm mildly petrified, Sammy, of things that can kill you. Um, just roaming backyards and houses and whatnot. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's only natural when you come from New Zealand, the, the concept of, oh, if I sit down on a, a seat, it could be something that's going to literally put me into hospital. That sounds great. Uh, we will uh, take a break, and when we come back, it is time for Show Me The Money. So get ready to be in, to call, to find out if you can get yourself a massive bonus with a TAB bet. Sam's leg, my leg, your bet. Let's see if we can make it happen after the break.